Hello and welcome to the 14th edition of the Two Black and Two Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm your co-host, Chris. And today, um, we're going to talk about a variety of topics. I think we're going to start with um, some TV shows and movies, then we'll get into some um, other topics. So, uh, first, um, Luke Cage had a second season, came out last week of the recording of this. Um, Chris, what did you think? I, I liked the second season. I think it was better in the first in the sense that as a season it built on things and then it didn't just have a great first half and then drop off yeah um i liked bushmaster as a villain i think um mariah as a villain was good except for her interaction with shade everything about that is just weird that whole thing was just really really weird and i sort of cringed every time they interacted yeah no, oh, I feel like we can go into spoilers. So the yeah, the shades of Comanche stuff that was like oh yeah yeah I didn't I didn't understand it until uh, Mariah literally said it's it like oh were you gay for the state? And I was like oh I guess I was like oh they were they were prison husbands. I didn't yeah I didn't know they I didn't realize they were going that route. I was just like oh they're just good friends. Yeah, I was just like wait a- yeah that probably happened. Then Mariah said it, I was like yep all right. Yeah, I did, but I did. I did enjoy Bushmaster. Uh, according to Jamaicans, all the Jamaican accents are bad. <laughs> Which they said that there are some Africans who said that about Black Panther. That yeah. I think someone like ranked the accents from good to bad, and they said that Lupita's was the best, and Forrest Whitaker's was the worst, and uh, Black Panther. Yeah, but I think it's sort of hard for at least like Black Panther because they tried to mix a whole bunch of accents together. together. And I mean, yeah. granted, Lupita, that is, you know, she has this natural Kenyan accent. So, yeah. I mean, I would imagine hers would be the best. It would be a shame if hers wasn't the best. Yeah, it would be. Um, but yeah, so Luke Cage, um, Danny was a lot better. He was a lot better. Like I compared him to like Aang from Avatar. Mm-hmm. Like he was just a lot more like zen and chill. You know, helped out Luke, taught him something. Uh, the fight scene in the warehouse was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Didn't he throw? Didn't Luke throw him at one point? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was cool. Um. And then, yeah, what, Patty Cake? Yeah. Yeah. It gave me hope for Iron Fist Season 2 until I remembered, oh, wait, Luke Cage writers wrote this. Yeah. Uh, well, Misty Knight's going to be in Iron Fist Season 2. Yeah. Are they finally going to get together? Well, I shouldn't say finally. Are they going to get together, do you think? Like, uh, I I don't know. Well, I have, a, well, the trend of every season, I guarantee um, Danny and uh, Colleen are going to break up mm-hmm. because I, I've noticed a trend with all the Season 2 with all the shows that... The season two is like where their their lives just fall apart. Yeah. Like Daredevil season two, he lost Nelson and Murdoch. He's like weird with Foggy and doesn't talk to Karen Page anymore. Electra and, died. And Jessica, Jessica Jones season two, which I know you didn't see it, did you? No. Uh, just so Jessica and Trish like aren't like friends anymore because uh, Trish killed uh, Jessica's mom, mm-hmm. and um, Malcolm left them too, and he works for uh, Hogarth now. So like. Every season, these heroes, like, their lives falling apart. Uh, Luke and Claire broke up, which apparently Rosario Dawson is just done. <laughs> like, apparently she's, uh, she's, she's been in a lot, she's been in a lot of stuff. You're right, and she's been, she's, like, the one thing that connects them all, so. Yeah, and they haven't, it was weird, because, like, in the first season of Iron Fist, they, like, teased, they're like, oh, Rosario Dawson is, like, gonna learn how to fight, and then Defender, they just dropped that. Right. Like, completely. It's like, no, she's just, uh, night nursing in. So I have a feeling that Rosario Dawson is just like, listen, if you're not gonna do anything interesting with my character, I can, you know, right. dip out because after that second, after that second episode, she was gone. Right, and plus, Luke and Leia are 
follow the comics, they're not meant to be together. It's going to be Luke and Jessica, which I... I don't even know if they're... See, I don't know. I don't know how long they have stuff planned out. I don't even know if they know what they're doing. I don't think point. they do. Because at this point, I they clearly... Well, they're already filming Jessica Jones Season 3. Because they're, they're stepping up the... Because it used to be two shows a year. Mm-hmm. And this year is going to be like... It's going to be like four yeah, because Daredevil's coming out this year again, season three. And then there was the Ask Me Anything with uh, you know, a uh, Jeff Loeb, mm-hmm. and he said uh, Iron Fist season three should come out this year, but they don't know when. And then they're going to do Punisher after that. They're not doing Defenders again, probably because they didn't make, they probably didn't get enough return on the investment. You right. know what I mean? So I, they're probably just going to do, which I'm fine with. They just do solo shows with cameos. Because one thing I did like about the season of Luke Cage, too, like, Foggy was in it mm-hmm. for an episode, Danny was in it, Colleen was in it, so you at least felt like it took place, like, post-Defenders, right. the world felt very interconnected, and, um, the Italian, uh, the, the gangster, the one at the end that, yeah. uh, Luke told the stat of Harlem, she's yeah. gonna be in Daredevil Season 3. Yeah. So they're, they've been kinda... They, they've been trying to make it seem like more of a world, and that, um, and the lawyer... The, the evil lawyer that uh, Mariah um, and Shades had, yeah. he works for uh, Fist, too, so he'll probably be in Daredevil at some point. Which makes me think, and this is a major spoiler for Luke Cage Season 3, or Season 2, so if you don't want to hear it, then you should skip ahead. I already Maybe gave a warning, but yeah. About a minute or so. Luke Cage being the boss of crime in Harlem, and then having the same lawyer as Wilson Fisk, might he something's going gonna happen between the two and I don't know well I I don't I don't know if it means if Luke's like the boss of Harlem or that forces all the crime to Hell's Kitchen right I wonder if that if they're gonna do something like that I have a feeling in Daredevil season three we'll probably I wonder if we'll see a Luke Cage character show up at some point Mm -hmm. so I mean but in, in general I like the season it was definitely better than Jessica Jones season two because I was I was weird Punisher, I you know I feel like people were I feel like like nobody reviewed Punisher like it was weird like Punisher like came out and then like people moved on. I mean Punisher was sort of its own thing. Yeah, but like even because like the people I know typically review like Marvel Netflix stuff just skipped over Punisher mm-hmm. and I don't know if maybe because people are uncomfortable with like the gun violence and that kind of stuff because of like, the right. political climate you know I don't I don't know I don't know but. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Do you have anything? Um, Like, I, we've talked about this, but I didn't really like that Luke Cage ended up being the boss of, uh, of the crime in Harlem. I just felt like that's just kind of a weird thing to go off of. Like, how do you build a season from that? Unless you brought up a good point of Shadowlands, the Daredevil run, where he's, you know, the head of hand. But then that means you have to bring everyone in. To, to fight, fight him, and, yeah. And then that's essentially Defender Season 2, which they say they have no plans Well, for. they say they have no plans. Yeah, because I, I just don't know where they're going to go with it. Because, yeah, Shadowland is a story where pretty much Daredevil becomes the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And all the other vigilantes, like Spider-Man and Iron Fist and Luke Cage, and I think, like, Hawkeye or Black Widow, I, mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. A decent amount of those superheroes like, have to fight Daredevil pretty much. So... Yeah, I don't, again, with, Luke, with the next season of Luke Cage, I don't know what the master plan is, which in some ways, hey, it gives, gives me an excuse to tune in, but I'm also like, okay, what are they gonna, what are they doing with this? Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. I liked uh, the daughter. Oh, yeah. yeah she's oh, fine. Nightshade. Nightshade. Yeah, I didn't realize she was from the comics at first. And I was like, oh. Once I heard the, the name of the drug, I was just like, I'm, that sounds familiar. And then I Googled it. And I was like, oh. oh. And then they started talking about her daughter. And I was like, oh. And I'm, I guess what well, she's poised to replace, she's going to probably replace Mariah. Yeah. In some form, be which the is, new villain. Yeah, which is was kind of a turn for a character where she was like ultimately rejecting everything her mother was, and then she really learned what her mother was, and then she, re- you know, spoiler, she kills her mother, and then she's like, now I'm her. And I'm just like, I will say though that scene between her and Mariah, when Mariah tells her like the truth of like her like origins, that was yeah. that was like I was like, oh look, acting. Yeah, I was just like, whew. <coughs> yeah. Ooh. And she was like. I felt that one. Yes. Actually, she's a Stokes two times over. I was just like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, I guess Shades is in jail. Mm-hmm. They'll probably use him. They'll, he'll probably be the person they talk to in prison when they need, like, you know, because you know, you know how shows do the thing where they capture the bad guy and the good guy has to go to them. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Shades, you know about this person? You know, I thought they were going to do that with Mariah and then she died. And I was right. like, oh, well, all right. I guess Shades is your, uh, I don't, I don't even know what you would call them, but like, inside, I don't know, like, gangster consultant. I don't, I don't know what the. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. All right, so you want to move on to uh, Incredibles two? Yep. That's good. I'm gonna go see it again in five hours. Really? Yep. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was better than the first one. Really? In the sense that, um, because, you know, the job of a sequel is to build on everything the first one did and expand on it. Mm -hmm. A lot of sequels fail at that. This one didn't. And while the first one was sort of a spy, superhero-type mystery Mm -hmm. movie, this one was more of a family-oriented superhero film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cause I was I was curious to see what changes they would make because like the first Incredibles came out like before like the MCU and like superheroes were as big as they are. So I'm like, okay, so what is Incredibles gonna bring to the table? Two gonna bring you know is is the Incredibles like gonna change now that superhero stuff is a lot more mainstream? But it's still I mean if you watch the first one and this movie back to back, I mean it's definitely the same tone. Right. You know even. Like the there there's some social commentary in in there like mm-hmm. in the first one it was all about like the dad like he hated his job and that right. kind of stuff in this one it was more commentary about like you know the wife becoming the breadwinner and the husband having to stay at home and deal with the kids and that kind of stuff so right. I enjoyed all of that stuff um, Jack Jack you know he didn't disappoint I'm surprised that raccoon lasted that lasted in that fight as long as that he did was so great that whole sequence portion of the movie was just great jack jack is that dude yeah i think the best sequences in the film i like the ch- i like mrs incredible when she has the chase scene on the right. motorcycle yep. and jack jack fighting the raccoon was a really really good sequence mm-hmm. yeah and i mean the jokes were good they're all on point i feel like out of all the kids i feel like dash didn't have as much to do in this one yeah he he was just there because well he's the middle child so you know yeah, they're just there <laughs> well you you have you're you're the youngest and three brothers so yeah. yeah and the middle child is just there um so 
I think it was a really good movie. I think they set it up where they could do their own Incredibles verse, and I mean, if Pixar attempted to do that with Cars, they could at least, you know, do this with a viable... I'm disappointed we didn't see Frozone's wife. They say they just want to keep her as a voice, but I'm just like... I mean, they said they had a character made... Uh, a design. Know, a, drawn, a design drawn for her in both the first one and this one. I think in the first one, it would have been... Because the whole purpose was on him and then what was going on in the background. So seeing, like, having the camera switching to her would have been a change of pace. In this one, she was only in it for literally like four, four seconds. seconds. Yeah, and I mean, it's still Samuel L. Jackson's wife, which makes it funnier. It's um, like you better be back ASAP. Right. Yeah. So if they had a prolonged one, then yeah, this would have been the time. Yeah. Also, it would have been nice, like if the kids actually went to the house, and then we could meet her that way. Yeah. Well, because it's like okay, so the first movie you set up this joke, and I feel like in this one they just kind of just do the same joke again. Right. I feel like they could have definitely just one upped it. I don't think they. I don't think they could. They could have. I yeah. think because of how people loved it. They're like, this is the best what? scene in all of Pixar. Sorry, they're just where's like, my super suit? Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Samuel L. Jackson and his... Uh, wait, is Avril Woodard his wife? I don't know who his wife is. I think it's Samuel Jackson's actual wife. Yeah, no, it is, but I... I don't know. No, it's not Alfred Woodard. I'm going to Google it. Cause I, I, I'm pretty sure Alfred Woodard is uh, married to a white guy. Not just I don't I don't know why I think I heard that I think I read that oh, during interview. Yeah. That's that's his wife. So that's yeah, his wife. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if those two like improvised most of that scene. Probably. But um yeah I mean Mrs. Incredible has some good fight scenes. Mm-hmm. She's definitely probably like the best superhero out of them because they I I thought it was funny the reason she has they the p- most utility. Yeah, I thought it was funny that the reason they picked her is because she doesn't do as much collateral damage. Because, mm-hmm. like, Mr. Incredible will break stuff, and Frozone's just going to leave ice everywhere. Right. Yeah, so. Um, I'm trying to think if I missed anything. What did you think about the new superheroes? Oh, I think they had some, some cool powers. The old man was kind of weird. The old man was the weird. Reflex. <laughs> um, I like, the villain was sort of, like, kind of obvious. You knew it wasn't going to be. The only way it could have been the brother would have been if he was just trying to hype them up. Give a yeah, fight, well, because when I first saw them, I, I thought, well, okay, I'll say, are they both evil? But then I was like, oh, yeah. it's just a sister. And I'm like, oh, right. okay. She's the one that builds everything, and he sells it. And I'm just like, yeah, that villain's not really selling anything at this point. So Yeah. I will say, like, but I, I think the problem is that I don't think they could have one-up Syndrome. Mm-mm. You know? Syndrome was, and we'll get on this later, everything wrong with fan expectations. Pretty much. I mean, Syndrome is essentially like an evil fanboy. Yeah. At the end of the day. And then the sister, I can't even remember her name. I can't remember the brother's name either. was just, you know, the typical trope of, you know, I don't like heroes because heroes failed me. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I hope. Uh, what did you think of the short before Incredibles 2 foul? Oh, I almost cried. I, it was sad. Our Bail. theater had a such adverse reaction to that. Really? When, the when she ate the, ate the, the dumpling. dumpling. And so I'm going I'm going to see it uh, with my friend today. I'm just going to be like watching her reaction. Because like everybody was just like, well, for the first question we were all asking, because uh, it was a group of black people together, even though we did not know each other. Uh, where did that go? 
We're just like we're the dagger. The What's the whole thing? That, well, the thing is, the whole thing is a metaphor. Right. The whole right. thing was a metaphor because as soon as the dumpling comes alive, the dad just disappears. Right. So I was kind of like, okay, where is he? Right. And so then, you know, she was raising him. Again, I was like, oh, she's babying him. He doesn't want to be baby. He wants to go hang out with his friends, friends. and everything like that. He wants to play sports. He gets roughed up, things like that. And then to keep him from, well, because the first thing was when her eyes lit up wide, it wasn't because he brought a girl home. Because he brought a white girl home. Yeah, That's that was, was funny. About. No, I thought that was funny. And so then, and then he did that, and so to keep him from leaving, she ate him. And I was just like, "What?" what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so. I, I there was like some tweet that went viral about someone who didn't get it, and it was just like, I, I mean, at the end of the skit, you should. It's a metaphor, right? At the end of the day, I explained it to my fourteen-year-old. 14, 15, she's 15, I think. Um, and she was like, who even thinks about things even like that? I'm like, once you like leave for college in a little bit, you get older, you'll understand yeah. where it's coming from. Yeah, I was like, if you're if you're someone, if you're if you've gone to school and or if you're a parent and you've had your kids leave the nest, you'll understand that. Right. Immediately. And then the uh, credits of it where, like, the uh, son couldn't do the, like, dumpling wrapping it, but the girl did it perfectly, and the mom was just like, oh, yeah, and then there's a bond over that. I was just like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, but I, I did think it was fun. No, because I, I saw it with my sister. My sister, when he brought the white girl home, my sister was like, oh, he brought home a white girl. That's why she was mad. And I was just like, yeah. But it was, but I, but you know, it was interesting. But no, it was, a, it was a good skit. Yeah. And some people are like, I saw that I paid to see The Incredibles too. Like, why is this here? And it's like Pixar has a skit before every movie. Right. They've I, done that for the past what ten years? I think even longer than that. I think even uh, back in the day, like pretty much every time in the two thousands, they've done it. But I don't think I've seen a Pixar movie in theater since maybe. Maybe the first Incredibles are Finding Dory. I haven't seen them in a while. I saw, I saw Finding Dory. I didn't see that in theaters. Yeah, I'm actually watching. I was, before you got over here, I was watching uh, Coco on Netflix. I have not watched that yet, even though everybody's telling me to do that. Uh, I'm just like, maybe I don't want to cry, guys. All right, pretty good so far, <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah. So when I saw the short beforehand, I was just like, oh yeah, I forgot they did. Um, and then I think it was weird though that, you know, and this, this is just something that movies have done, um, recently is where they'll have the actors come out and talk beforehand. Uh-huh. And that, like, when we saw this before, it was just like, oh, this movie's gonna suck. Cause I think the movies I remember doing it were like X-Men Apocalypse and, um, some other movie that came out around the time and then we were just like, that's not a good sign. And then. Uh, they did it, but then they did this in front of Incredibles too, where you had um, Helen Hunt, Samuel L. Jackson, Brad Bird, and I can't remember who plays Mr. Incredible, came out and spoke, and then you had the short, and I was just like, I should have probably flipped that. Yeah, that probably would have been better. Yeah, because you get everyone hyped up, and they're and like, "What is like, this? Bow? What is this? Or bail? Bail? Bow? I'm not sure." But I, I mean, I definitely. It was a good Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. It was definitely worth the wait. Yep. You think they'll do a three? Yeah. Yeah. I think they will. They, they saw the money and they're just like, oh, the mouse is just like, I don't want. More well, look, I don't under, I still don't understand why we live in the world where Cars got two sequels and, and a, a spinoff, spin-off. planes. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I, Who thought that was a good idea? Like, Cars... I, I'm going to be honest. The hierarchy of Pixar movies, Cars is probably my least favorite. Just because it's a fish-out-of-water story, except they're Cars. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, all the other stories were like... Like, like Finding Nemo is a classic, you know. Toy Story. Toy Story 1 is a classic. Toy Story 2 is a Toy classic. Story 2. The Toy Story trilogy is pretty solid. Now they're making four. Incredibles is a classic, obviously. People like Wally up, Ratatouille. See, Ratatouille is rats in a kitchen. Yeah. Rats in a kitchen. In a kitchen. We yeah. already saw what one rat did against the whole of Europe seven hundred years ago. So I mean. Yeah. I Ratatouille didn't do it for me. I'm trying to think. I know I'm missing quite a few. Uh, Cause now the Disney does their own animated films. I'm starting to like conflate the two. Yeah. Like Wreck It Ralph two is not Pixar. I mean Wreck It right. Ralph is not Pixar. And um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, but that you know. But, but they, I mean, all the money goes to the same place, right? To Mickey Mouse's bank account. Yeah, I feel like Wreck It Ralph two is just honestly just a commercial for Disney. Look it, at it what really, we own. It really is. And I then, just I can't tell like because like from the first move the first trailer for the first movie you could tell what the plot was gonna be about mm-hmm. it was like okay Ralph like the the villain in the video game wants to be a good guy but he has to deal with the constraints of like the game he's in right. versus this one it's like okay they go to the internet I'm trying to figure out like we need another trailer like what is like the plot of this movie maybe going to be it. I guess maybe I'm okay with that because otherwise it's just like oh look this is because otherwise it's like oh look we're in Disney World. Yeah, so, I mean, and then Disney just bought Fox. That deal went through, and the DOJ approved it. But we can talk about that another time. Have you seen the meme with uh, Thanos, Mickey Mouse is Thanos with the gauntlet, and he yep. takes Fox and puts it on the glove? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's yep. like, yeah, it's like Mar- it's like Marvel, Star Wars, and um, Pixar, and then yeah. he just takes Fox and just puts it on there. All right, next thing you know, Disney is going to buy, like, Verizon, and this is going to be the mind tone, and it's just like, we own everything, yeah. All right, so uh, before we get into Star Wars drama, I want to go through uh, E3 really quick. Okay. Just because that, you know, that E3 happened since we last recorded the podcast. Any uh, games you're looking forward to or cool things Spider-Man and stuff? Spider-Man on PS4. Uh, that, my brother and I have been waiting that game for like three years. We're like, when that game comes out, we're buying a PS4. That promise still holds. Um, this wasn't E3. This was, you know, Nintendo's. E3 yeah. that they do, but um, let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee. I'm not really excited for those games, but I'm excited that this is like their test run for or an it, M- it, it, RPG on the Switch. On the Switch, like a 3D. Yeah, Pokemon game on the Switch, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I am excited for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah, I mean, Super Smash Brothers, they just laid it out. Like, mm-hmm. they brought back every single character that's ever been in the Smash game. And then added some And more. then added uh, the Inkling and Ridley. Because yeah. Ridley, Ridley's not too big anymore. Right. Because that was the excuse. People wanted Ridley in, I think, since Melee. And the mm-hmm. excuse was always, well, he's too big. But they just, they kept the size proportions and just made him smaller. Right, and then the other... He's like as big as Charizard. Right, and the other thing, like, what they could have done is, you know, with the... Uh, the eight-player Smash that came out last, the Wii U, like, those maps were huge. Yeah, they were. So, you, obviously, you don't want to make Ridley too big, but, you know, now he's the size of Charizard, so it works. Um, but I'm excited for that game. Halo 6, I'm always excited for another Halo game. Um, we'll see what they do. It's been a long time. Kingdom Hearts 3 finally got a release date. 
waiting to I, it's, it has to come out now though because the uh the singer they did like simple and clean she made like a new song for it and yeah. she was like listen if you guys don't release the game on time i because she she has like the because you know for the trailer they use like a shorter version right she was like if you guys don't release this game on time i'm i'll just release a full version of the song mm-hmm. before the game comes out but uh dude that game looks beautiful it does and i've waiting for that game for about as long as The Incredibles 2. They're doing Pixar stuff and Disney animated movie stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they're doing Toy Story and Monsters, Inc., obviously. Tangled, Frozen, which, oh, who saw that, you know. Yeah. They're doing Wreck-It Ralph. I don't know if Wreck-It Ralph's a world or if he's just a summoning. I would hope he would just be a summoning because unless you're going to make meta. everything 8-bit, yeah. um, the whole part of Wreck-It Ralph is literally what's going on in Kingdom Hearts 3. You're jumping from world to world. So. Yeah, I would, that's the thing. Like, yeah. and I, I, But I'm glad they're using those franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want them to touch Star Wars or Marvel because I think that's just way too much. Yeah. Unless we get, like, Spider-Man of the Summoning or something. Yeah. I'll take good. Spider-Man of the Summoning. I'll take Rocket. Because then it would be really funny having you interact with all the other Disney animals. They'd just be like, oh, cute raccoon. And he's like, what? what? What's a raccoon? Um, or does he... Or no, interacting with the raccoon from Pocahontas. He'd probably he'd probably still source Keyblade, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to... Uh, when is the release date? It's January, isn't it? Isn't it? I think it's January. Yeah, they, January. Moved, they moved it again. But people are just happy that they're the date. Because before right. it was like... It was like winter 2018 and everyone's just like... That's very Stop vague. lying. Um, yeah, January 20, yeah, January 29th is worldwide, 25th is Japan, so. Um, so there's that, what else? Um, Elder Scrolls 6, I was still hoping for a Skyrim sequel, I love that game so much, so I loved it more than Oblivion, I still play it every once in a while, but, oh well, knew that was a show to it'll probably still be good. Yeah. Trying to think of anything else that like caught my attention. Um, I'm blinking right now. There's a new Last of Us, right? Yeah, Last of Us Two. Last of Us Two, which I mean, that first game's pretty much a movie. Right. People joked that the Last of Us was the best movie that came out that year. Yep. And then it got made as a movie like two years later. Logan. Pretty much. Um. So yeah, you want to get in a Star Wars drama? Yeah. All right, we're only, because we got time, we're only 20, 27 minutes in, so, all right. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> yeah, all right, so, if you guys don't know, um, Solo came out, uh, what, a month ago? A few, three weeks? Three yeah, weeks? A, a, a month ago. May, yeah. L- middle of May. May, yeah, middle of May, yeah. So, Solo came out, uh, didn't do well at the box office. At all. At all. And um, there's been this rising resentment against the new Star Wars franchise, pretty much, I will say, pro- honestly, it's, some of it started with Force Awakens before Force Awakens came out. But mm-hmm. mo- the, the majority of people like Force Awakens for the most part. Yeah, you, you saw it immediately start when uh, Finn popped up as a black stormtrooper. Storm like, stormtroopers are black. black. And I'm like, um, where's, your, where's your source material on this? The clones? The clones got phased out a while back. But even then, they weren't white. And then, you know, the stormtroopers were all human in the non what is now non-canon because Palpatine was racist against anything that wasn't human apparently which is hilarious 
I, um, I'm not surprised. But, so, yeah, so they were human, so they weren't just white, they were black, and I guess whatever other races exist in the Star Wars universe, I guess Asian now, because we have Rose, we didn't really see them before. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so we had that, and so that outrage took over, and then the fact that um, Ray was, what's the term they call it, uh, Mary, Mary Sue, is that it? Yeah, Mary yeah. Sue. Mary Sue is pretty much someone in a someone in like fiction who is just powerful with no good explanation, no training. They just show up and it's like, oh, they can, you know, they're stronger than everybody else. And some people, some people feel like Ray didn't like earn. She she didn't. There's no reason for her to be as strong as she is. Like there hasn't been a good reason for it compared to someone like Luke who had to like train and that kind of stuff. But I mean, realistically, she didn't really have to be for. I mean, you know, using the mind trick was cool. Um, that I can see you arguing, be like, well, there's no reason why she should have just been able to do that, but she tapped into the force and she did it. Mm-hmm. The other one was her fighting Kylo Ren. Well, let's put that really into perspective. Kylo Ren just took a blaster bolt from a crossbow. He already got hit twice with a lightsaber by Finn. He's tired. And she already knew how to fight. Mm-hmm. So at least she had some chance of doing it. And so, I mean, like... You know, made sense that it was a bit even. And then she tapped into the Force. The Force is the ultimate MacGuffin. Yeah. But those, those are the things that started it. And then Last Jedi came out, and Last Jedi pretty much split the fandom. Like, mm-hmm. there are people who love Last Jedi, think it's like a masterpiece. Almost like, it kind of reminds me of like something like Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, but like, Last Jedi split the fandom where there are people who think that it is a masterpiece of a movie, and it is great. And there are other people who think it's, like, the worst thing that Star Wars has ever made. And, you know, I, th- there are certain things I understand, like... Like, there were certain things, like Rey's Origins and, like, Snoke, that didn't really end up amounting to, I think, what people wanted them to be. But, you know... I So I can see why some people have issues with The Last Jedi. But that that really got under... That movie really got under people's skin. Right. So there was a... There was a- a difference in the anger where Ryan Johnson didn't pick up where J.J. Abrams left off, like all the things he threw up in the air for, like you're waiting to come back down. Yeah, J.J. Just smacked. He was just like, "No, we're not doing that." Right, and so then it, I can understand that anger, but the other thing is, people built up these fan expectations, these theories, and they were ultimately convinced that this was how it was going to happen. And then it didn't, and then they got pissed because it wasn't what they wanted it to be. And honestly, that was kind of the point of the movie, just what they talked about in the movie. And so, like Ray wanted disappointing to be, expectations, right? And so you had all that, and now you have these fanboys, and it started in the Force Awakens as well, that have been harassing, for the most part, only the women. Yeah. In um, the new Star Wars. Yeah, trilogy. the w- the one was it was it Marie Tran? No. Uh, Ke- I think it's Kelly Marie Tran. Ke- Kelly Marie Tran. Um. So she deleted her Instagram. Right. She deleted hers. Daisy Ridley deleted hers back in like 2016. Yeah. Um. They haven't really been attacking Boyega or Hamill. Um. So I saw someone attack Frank Oz, and I was just like, How dare you? <laughs> How dare you attack Yoda? And the thing is that people don't get 
is that the right the actors don't write the script. Dude, they show up, they audition for a part, and half the time they don't even know what it's for or who right. it is. It'll be like, okay, you're playing like, you know, you're playing like a warrior or something. Right. And then later on, you might go up in auditions, you find out, oh, it's a Star Wars character. Okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, then you get the job. Right. And so, you know, you have, so you have that. I mean, granted, like, I didn't really like Rose's character all that much, but nothing, no. She does not deserve an inkling of what she's getting. No. Because it's also not her fault. If she didn't do it, it would be someone someone else else. doing it. Exactly. So, like, so there's that. And so the toxicity of the Star Wars fandom has ramped up to an unimaginable degree for something that is not I thought, like, I thought some of the Marvel stuff was really bad, especially, like, when it came to the comics, Mm -hmm. you know? Because, like, Marvel's comics these past, well, I don't know, like, four or five years have just been a mess where, you know, there's a whole SJW and anti-SJW thing. But, like, this Star Wars stuff is, it's bad. Right, and you also have some of those complaints as well about, you know, the SJW. They're just like, oh, look at all these women just popping up out of nowhere. I'm just like... I mean, they've already always been here. Y'all ain't have any complaints about Leia, mostly probably because she was in a bikini for most uh, first half six. So you know, like you have that, and I think it was just there's the toxicity of just fandom itself. There's the toxic masculinity of it, um, and then you have Solo, where you have this white male lead. There's no forced diversity on you. You have the only you have um, Woody Harrelson's character's girl, friend, wife, whatever yeah. they are to each other, who's black. You have Lando, played by Donald Glover, who's, who's been black. in a who's a character from the original, right? Who people loved, and then uh, that that's about it. And then you had a robot, yeah. And there weren't even complaints about the robot, who was literally a social justice warrior for robots. Yeah. And there weren't even complaints about that. But you had your white male lead, a predominantly white cast, and it flopped. The movie still flopped. It flopped. Well, the last, what last, Jedi, last Jedi made money. Mm-hmm. You know, not as Force Awakens made the most, I think. I think Force Awakens is top. It's, it's, it's I know, is it, it, is it the highest grossing movie of all time? No. No. No, um, after, even without adjusted for inflation, it's still Avatar. Oh, there's still Avatar, okay. A good billion. Because I know, I know Infinity War and Black Panther were getting up there, but they didn't touch, they didn't touch Force Awakens. Force Awakens, and then adjusted for inflation. Which I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected it to. Yeah. Star Wars has been around, like. it was the first Star Wars movie in 10 years, so people were just like, yeah. Yeah. Take all my money. I told them to take. Pretty much, but yeah. So solo flopped, and now I think it's funny because it's like people who like wanted desperately wanted a male lead. They didn't even go support their. You know what I mean? Right. So like the, they gave you what you wanted. wanted, and you didn't even support it. Well, actually, I don't even know who wanted solo. I didn't want solo. I'm so surprised some people liked it. Like but. my my thing. I think honestly, for Star Wars, for like future spinoffs, they really should just. I, I'm not not even. I, I wouldn't say start from scratch. But they should just have something on the other side of the galaxy that has nothing to do with, like, the characters and the factions that we know. I mean, 
like, so one one of my problems with Solo was that you had great source material, and you just sort of like either winked at it or just did away with it for something that wasn't even like the expanded good. universe stuff. You mean? Yeah. So like the heart of some of the things, like how Han and Chewie met the first time when it was when Han was a, uh, in the Empire as a pilot, and he found um, Chewie, and Chewie was a slave, mm-hmm. and he saw he was like, this is the ugly side of the Empire, he freed Chewie, and that's why Chewie went with him, because he was bonded to him, he had that life debt. Here, it's just sort of like, Chewie just sort of rolls with him, because they escaped together. And, like, yeah. There was, there was no heart there, and so, like, that's an issue, and then most of the characters were forgettable. Yeah, yeah, I I mean, it just sounds, I mean, to me, it just sounds like Solo just was, because I didn't see it. It just sounds like it just didn't, it just didn't give people, like, the Star Wars magic that mm-hmm. the other movies, because even Rogue One, I mean, yeah. I saw, I enjoyed Rogue One, mm-hmm. but Rogue One, to me, it was mostly self-contained, Right. and then at the end, there's a little tease to Star Wars Episode One, and you're like, you know, or Episode Four, four I guess, first Wars, the first yeah. Star Wars, and you're like, oh, okay, that's cute. So, like, and you can do stories like that at, that are self-contained and, you know, reference other things in the main Star Wars universe. Like, you could do a Jedi Purge movie. You could do a Kenobi movie. Those are things people would want. And they can be their own thing. Mm-hmm. But when you try and tell stories that, like, don't really need to be told, like Han Solo. Han Solo, the name Solo was given to him by the Empire because you went by your last name, like your your family's last name, and he's like, I don't have any people. And then the guy that was signing him up for the arm or the Empire's army was just like Han Solo. Just like no, yeah, just no. That just takes the coolness factor out of yeah. all of it. But it, it's just like I guess Kathleen Kennedy might get fired after this Solo debacle, and I'm just like. I wish. I mean, for the most part, she hasn't done a terrible job. No, done a rather good job. Little, I, I, I feel like it would be petty to fire over one movie, right? Because I'm sorry, dude. Well, like the toxic fandom, like you have to understand that, like, no matter what you do, they're never going to be satisfied. Right. People are never going to be satisfied. You know, so you know when it comes to being a writer and being an artist. I mean, at the end of the day, you can give, you can have fan service, you can do stuff like, oh, they're gonna love this. But at the end of the day, you gotta write the story that you want, right? And you know, just be true to your vision, right? And I don't see you ever making this base, this toxic fan base happy, no, because they they want the original trilogy, but like right afterwards. And you can't do that because, well, one, Carrie Fisher is dead. Yep. Harrison Ford doesn't want to really do it anymore. Nope. Mark Hamill would do it, but Mark Mark Hamill's 60? Yeah. 50s? Yeah, he just said the voice work. Right. I mean, like, he did great in The Last Jedi. He portrayed everything well. But it's not like he can be doing flips and everything like no, that. No, he can't. So it's like you, you shouldn't be you – should, you should be realistic in what you're expecting. But this leads us to the remake The Last Jedi campaign. Yeah, so there's like this weird remake The Last Jedi campaign. Apparently someone raised some absurd amount of money. It's about 
Last time I checked, it was seven million dollars, and that was earlier. This Someone week. raised seven million dollars. Was it from donations? Yeah. So they raised seven million dollars to remake the Last Jedi, and they want to work with Disney to do it. And I'm sitting here like, you have all that money, why not just make your own movie? Right. And so they their goal is to raise two hundred million, which is around what the Last Jedi cost for, for the dude or to make, and. I have several questions for them. The chief of them being, just notwithstanding, like, you're raising this money to remake a movie, but what would you do about Princess Leia, General Leia? Carrie Fisher is dead. What would you do? I don't know. Are you going to recast her? I don't because know. you would be pissed if Disney did that in nine. Yeah. And so, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep her scenes? Some of the scenes that she had in there pissed you off. So what are you going to do? It's just stupid. It is. It's just dumb. And so you're just going to wipe out everything. What, you're going to make Luke go fight Snoke and have Rey fight Kylo? Or are you going to have Luke fight Kylo and then Kylo kill Luke? Because Snoke wasn't going to be anybody with a lightsaber. He was just going to be like the Emperor was in 6. Yeah. So. I just... It's just it's stupid. It's just so stupid. And it it's is. just like... You can do a lot better things with your time and your money. And I, I want to know who gave them that money, because I don't care how much you hate The Last Jedi, there's no way Disney's going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, go remake that. Well, because it's like, because that, that scared me, because like when you look at like hate comments and that kind of stuff, I always assume a portion of it, like, a portion of those guys have to be, like, teenagers. Mm -hmm. They Like, some comments, like, even I get on YouTube, I'm like, this person has to be, like, 13. Mm -hmm. When you're, like, misspelling every other word and just throwing out every slur imaginable, that kind of stuff. But, like, if people are donating to make this happen, like, okay, these have to be adults. Right. Like, these adult, like, you know, a teenager is not going to donate a thousand dollars to a make remake a movie campaign. Right. They like, don't have that. They don't have that kind of money. I'm like, so you mean these are? It's, let's keep it's probably. Well, I mean, it probably is just like grown men. Right. You know what I'm saying? You and know, I'm like, y'all don't got bills to pay. Years old, and you're donating hundreds and thousands of dollars to remake a movie that is not going to happen. I said, are you going to get that money back? It's like, dude, you got. It's like you shouldn't be paying off debt. You know. Right. Paying off that mortgage, like Jesus Christ. I mean, you don't have to pay a mortgage if you live in your mom's basement. And I know that uh, you and your brother were talking about uh, Syndrome from the first Incredibles is like yeah. the perfect representation of like a toxic fanboy. Yeah, the honest trailers made that comparison. And it's just like, that's really accurate. He had built up all these hopes for what Mr. Incredible was going to be. And when he finally met Mr. Incredible, Mr. Incredible rejected him. Or and then thus his idea of Mr. Incredible and then working with Mr. Incredible being Incredible was rejected. Sort of like how all these fanboys have these expectations of whatever it is, then those get rejected by the studio because it's not what they thought it was, and so they think they're alienating them. So then they become toxic and then they reject everything and they lash out at people that don't deserve to be lashed out at. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, and another person that I think is, like, a toxic fanboy is uh, Reverse Flash. Yep. Reverse Flash from, oh, yeah. from Flash is the example of, like, a fanboy gone wrong where he was, like, a fan of the Flash. And, like, he went from being a fan of the Flash to literally being wanting obsessed. to... Wanting, he was obsessed with them so he wanted to be the Flash. Mm -hmm. And then doesn't he try to work with Barry at one point? And then Barry's yeah. like, dude, like, no. Yeah. And then he... I think, doesn't he go to the future and he sees that he becomes the worst 
Because they changed, they changed the origin around a little bit. Yeah, so he was, like, in the future, and then he came to the present, and then he went back to the future after being rejected by the Flash, and then he was like, oh, I become his worst enemy, and then he just, like, full-on dives into that and kills Iris, and, and yeah. he gets killed. Yeah. It's a whole lot of things. But it's just, I mean, it's just, it's the same idea. It's just, like, loving something to the point where... If it does to the point where you you even lose the idea of like what what it's supposed to be, right. you know, and it's just it's just a mess. And obviously, with a lot of these guys, there's blatant sexism, blatant, blatant racism, racism, you know. And people think that they just own these franchises. And I've seen that with Marvel hmm. over the past few years, and Star Wars is like that too. Yeah, so it's it's gotten bad. Honestly, the remake of Last Jedi point. I, campaign is just utterly ridiculous. I just I can't, can't fathom people giving hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars to something that's never going to come to fruition. Are you ever going to get that money back? What happens to the money after Disney was just like, well, it's like who do you think you are? You can even like make your own like fan parody or something or like people do that but like to actually think you can remake the movie? It's like what? And then their whole process is like so we're going to have pretty much like thousands of writers like send us your ideas. We're going to listen to you, the fans. And it's going to be like, there's never going to be one, one unified vision. Yeah. Because you're going to have some people that are like, okay, take this portion of The Last Jedi because that was really cool. And other people are like, no, that's stupid. Don't ever do that. And you're going to be like, yeah, make Luke be able to fight like 18, you know, Kylo, uh, Kylo Ren's people. And then people are like, no, have Rey do that. And then have Luke fight. So no. And it's, you're never going to agree on everything. Anything. You're never gonna have a script written. That's why I always like, uh, you know, the animated how it should have ended on yeah. YouTube. Like that's just, but like how it should have ended is like funny, right? Where they just they you they poke they usually poke holes in stories to say, well, they could have ended the story this way. Like they did one for like Black Panther, where it's like if the Chaka had just taken Killmonger or not killed his dad in the beginning, mm-hmm. none of that, the whole mo- none of that would happen, right? You know, and so you have that. So it's just ridiculous, and I honestly like if they wanted to do a fan version of that movie, or if they wanted to just do a fan version of Star Wars, none of them that are out there that are like fifteen twenty minutes long would have a budget like that. So if you wanted to make your own quote unquote original work of Star Wars and then like submit it to festivals. Do you know how much you win? People do. Well, they do that. Like, um, I know Star Trek. There's been, like, um, people who've just done their own, like, Star Trek episodes. Right. Because Star Trek's super low budget. Right. People have, like, they've pulled together money and hired actors and just made their own little fan episodes of Star Trek. And there's a, some people like it, you know? Right. And you so can you do got, that. You got, like, $7 million. People would wish they had something like that. Like, most of these people that are doing these fan uh, fiction short films or even just short films in general only have budgets of, you know, like hundreds of dollars or maybe up to $10,000. Yeah, because your brother's a filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you put your own money into that, but you have people donating to your cause. You got $7 million. You do something that's not this because there's no way Disney is giving you the rights to one of its things because... You're gonna hurt Disney's bottom line, and the mouse don't play that. 
Yeah. Thanos Mickey. Yeah, you don't, you don't mess with the mouse's cheese. He's going to snap his fingers and the Disney yeah. police is going to come get you. Yeah, I, like, um, you I like when these. they joke about the uh, Disney snipers mm-hmm. and the Marvel snipers. No, you just, oh, no, they just place you in the It's a Small World Afterworld ride and you think Daryl's are actual characters, but no, those are people snatched up by the Disney police and they're just like stuck there. That like world is, cre- that, that ride still creeps me out. It still creeps me out. I saw, I, like, I saw, what, la- five years I ago? saw, I went on it last year and I went to Disneyland after a VidCon. Yeah. I think, they did, did the Simpsons do a parody of it? I don't know. I think like, really weird off topic, you, there was a game called Epic Mickey. It was a video game where you play as, like, Mickey Mouse, and you go, and, like, all the levels are, like, creepier versions of, like, all the theme parks. And, like, one of the bosses in that game, I remember, is, like, this robot that just, like, went insane because he had to listen to the Small Small World song mm-hmm. for, like, decades. And I was like, yeah, yeah I, that would make me go crazy, too. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to get into our uh, last topic? Yeah, so we're we're talking about um, toxic toxicity, especially how it manifests online, and I guess over. So I this 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 group of people they've been around for a while, but I think they're starting to get some attention. They have a name. As of late, I guess they have a, na- a name called incel. So I guess I guess what an incel is is. If, if you're a guy who desperately wants to get laid or you desperately want to, like, date girls and that kind of stuff and you, you know, you're just constantly rejected and it never works out. Yeah, so the term incel comes from the combining of the words involuntary, involuntary and celibate. Yeah. And so the whole point is, the whole attitude behind it is, oh, I'm a nice guy, quote unquote. First of all, they're not, they're shy. That's people forget like the word shy exists. Like, oh, I'm a nice guy. Say, no, dude, you're shy. Well, then there's like I guess a combination of there. So I remember before I found out what an incel was, uh, my friend made a post and it said incel, but it was like sort of like in the the title wasn't part of like the main like little picture that was drawn. So I was just like reading that situation. I didn't know what incel was, so my mind just like went over that word. So I was having a conversation. Um, with some women, I think it was maybe like two or three, and we were talking about the um, the situation of when you have shy men that either don't have the confidence to go talk to women or whoever they're interested in. And, but I think in this case we were just talking about women. And It's um, mostly straight dudes. Right, yeah. And so where it was, um, where... Like, the position where I was talking about, I was like, yeah, you have, like, a, se- a segment of guys, I'm not going to say it's all of them, but you have a segment of guys where they're, you know, they don't have that confidence, they have to build it up, and so they, when they finally do build it up, say they have, they go to talk to this one girl at wherever they are, and that girl has been approached by all these creepy dudes, or been approached by so many dudes that she's not interested in, and she's just been bothered and annoyed, and thinks this is just one more like it, and so she sort of like, you know, says no, but maybe a bit more harsh. That shoots its confidence down. That's not the situation with these incels, where you have these guys that think because they're nice, they are entitled to sex or to a relationship. I mean, granted, yeah, you should be a good person if you want to be in a relationship. But it's not, you're not entitled to You're not, you should, well, you're not, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be a good person because you expect a reward. Right, you should be a good person because being a good person is the reward. 
Yeah. And so, um, you so you have that situation where, and then I found out what an intel was, and I was like, oh my god, I did not know what we, we were talking dude, about. Dude, it's been here for, back. dude, it's existed, man. Yeah, I, di- I didn't even know it was a term. Like, I knew those things happened, obviously, like, you know, being in college, saw it a lot. But, like, when you, I think it's honestly like the concept of, of a friend zone is where, like, the intel yeah it's like yeah well it i it definitely did start out with the friend zone thing and like everyone's made friend zone jokes before and like there's whole this debate because i've had i've had female friends who are like very much in like the like super pro feminism camp and one thing they'll say is that like oh the friend zone doesn't actually exist and i you know and for me i'm like okay there there is a dynamic where you know, a guy will, there, like, there are certain routes to, like, talking to women. Mm-hmm. And some guys are very much straightforward, where they're like, hey, you want to you wanna go out? You want to do X, X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. Straight to the point. Some people want to use the strategy of, oh, okay, if I meet a girl in some sort of environment, like, a lot of times it happens in school. Right. School, college, whatever. Maybe she's a chem partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll be friends with her first. You know, I'll try to make friends with her and hang out with her. And then eventually, as we get to know each other, I'll ask her out. And, like, the phenomenon is, like, you end up becoming friends. The guy is, like, in love with the girl and has, like, a huge crush. And the girl is not remotely interested in him in that way, like, at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I I think that phenomenon, like, it definitely exists. But the way guys take it is that it's always the woman's fault. Right. You know, it's the blame's always placed on her. Well, hey, I've hung out with you and I helped you move that one time and done all this stuff for right. you. you How come you don't love me? Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, like if you're a guy, if you're seriously like crushing on somebody, either you at the end of the day, dude, you got to make a move or not. You know, right. and if you're making a move, you have to take the risk that she might not, you know, she might not want to hang out afterwards. She might be, she might not be cool with that. You have to let it go. So yeah. you have to, you have, it's up to you to make that choice. Exactly. And, you know, bu- building off of that, so, like, I'm always saying, like, there are, and I'm putting air quotes around, like, there are a couple different friend zones. Mm-hmm. There's the friend zone where it's, like, there's the guy who approaches a girl or tries to get to know a girl, and his sole intention is just to have sex with her. And she's like, no, you're just a friend. I don't want to do that with you. And then he's like, oh, I've been friend zone. That one throw that away in the trash because you know like that is terrible you weren't trying to be someone's friend from the beginning right you just wanted to be in her pants then you have the one you just described where you have um you know someone like they did have uh they had a huge crush on someone and then they became friends with them that friendship developed and then they feel like you know like you should love me why don't you love me and so that one also bad then i feel like there's one where you legitimately get to know a person and then a few months down the road you're like crap i have feelings you're like oh but then you know like like that's that's happened to me but then i'm like me too the moment has passed i missed the opportunity oh well or you take your shot you see what happens. happens And sometimes it works out. And, and sometimes, sometimes it because I no, I mean I've had situations where I, when I was in college, I had a I had a crush on a coworker, and I but I knew her outside of work too. Like we were in like a film club together and like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And at one point, I asked her out, and she was like, "No." And then I was like, oh, "Okay," and I let it go. And you move on. With and your I life. yeah, and you know, and at the end of the day, 
it rejection hurts. You might be hurt, and you just have to fake it until you make it. Right. You know, I I'm pretty sure I asked her out on like a Friday. Showed up at work on Monday. I'm like, oh hey, what's up? You know, I was super. You know. I just, I try to be as, like, quote-unquote, as normal as possible. And there's always going to be some awkwardness with that kind of stuff. Right. But awkwardness is not the same, uh, not the same, not the same as, like, oh, I hate you forever, I'm going to murder you, you know? It's just, right. like, the crazy, insane, just, like, it's just, like, dude, just, you got to let it go. Right. And so, when you have these incels who feel like they're entitled to sex because, or to a relationship because they're a nice person then when they don't have it then they go and blame the women they're just like oh you're just interested in you know douchebags and uh players and all that and you don't want a nice guy and then i mean granted that might be accurate because you can't necessarily tell a person's personality right away but that's it's not their fault they're not into you well, no, it's it's just sometimes people just aren't into you, and that's just that's just a part of life that you right. just have to deal with. And certain things happen. Like, look, when you're young, like people say, "Oh, young women are shallow." Look, everybody's shallow when they're young. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Middle school, high school, college, people are very shallow. Where look, hey, there are gonna be women that date guys just because they look good. Mm-hmm. You and know, there are gonna be guys that date, date women, women just because they, they look just because they look good. They don't care about anything else. And then eventually, but the thing is, eventually, some of that is gonna fade away. You know, people date for a while, they start getting their later 20s and their 30s, and then they realize, you know, people, it takes, it, when you're young, you know, those experiences teach you about, okay, what you actually want out of a person. Right. And you hope that the person you end up with, you know, if you want to get married and that kind of stuff, is, you know, like your match personality-wise more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it isn't, you know, the divorce rate is high. Right. You know, but that's ideally what you should kind of look for. Right. And so I think, and the reason why we're talking about this is a lot of the toxic fandom that we talk about and a lot of, and it's rampant in the nerd culture. You have a bunch of incels there. Oh yeah, definitely. And so it's something that has to be addressed and you got to call your boys out on it if you see it and they're doing it. And it's not like, and then I'm back on the subject in the friend zone. It's not like women can't be put in the friend zone. Yeah, like, and it happens. You know, it, it happens. I, but the thing is, like, I think culturally, women don't like complain about it as much. Right. You know, and I think men, men it, have created like, the, like the memification almost of like, oh, I've been friend zoned. Yeah, and the societal norm is still right now for men to approach women. And all that. So until that shifts to where it's like 50-50 or maybe it shifts to where women are the one asking everybody out, um, it's going to be a male problem. And there's, and and you have to understand the perspective of, of a lot of women, too, where mm-hmm. if you're a woman and you're I, – I'm, I'm not going to, like, judge people, but if you're anywhere you're, like, reasonably attractive, dudes talk to women all the time. They talk to them at the grocery store. Anytime they go out, you know, not even like to a bar or anything like that. They can go, they can be out anywhere and men are constantly approaching them. Mm -hmm. So you don't know if you're talking to someone, if you're like the 15th guy that day. Right. And she might just be like, listen, like, you know, leave me alone, whatever. Because like, because the thing about dudes is that no one approaches like me. No one approaches me in public. No one. You're a guy by yourself. No one cares. Yeah. The only time I think, I don't know if, (laughs) I think, I don't know if I told you this story. There was one time I was in Aldi with my mom Mm -hmm. and, um, she was, uh, check, she was, uh, paying, you know, at the register and I was, uh, bagging the stuff and putting it in the cart. 
this um this older woman she had to be at least in her mid 40s goes up to my mom she doesn't go up to she doesn't go up to me she goes to my mom she goes excuse me ma'am is, is that your son and my mom kind of makes a face and she like looks at me and she's like yeah and the woman just goes i'm sorry ma'am but he is beautiful <laughs> it was it was so bizarre she had to be at least 45 it was so it was like it was and it was super i was like super uncomfortable i was trying to put in her application for you to be her uh, a, sugar baby i was just like oh my god and my mom looks at me and she makes a face like we gotta go <laughs> and all i far. did and the woman i didn't know what to say so all i did was just smile and then i finished smile packing away, boy, i finished away. packing that cart and we went to the and we went and we left and mom was just like, why does some old cougar want to talk to my son? I was like, I don't know, mom. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, like as a guy, like, when you're a guy, like, that's like an event. Because that, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. For women, they have to deal with, like, say if you're a woman and you're a waitress, you got to deal with old men talking to you all the time. You know? I was just at uh, Applebee's <laughs> the other day um, at... Friday night, and so I was out uh, there with my friend Charles, and uh, there are these four girls that were um, sitting there, and so me and my friend were sitting, like, two of us were sitting at the bar, and then there was a space, because there was some other guy that was sitting there, and then it was the four girls, and then another guy on that side, and so um, we started talking to, like, the two girls that were closest to us, uh, we were just having conversation. And so then the other guy, at least for the time I've been there for like 15 minutes, wasn't there. So I was like, oh. And when I looked back in my seat, someone had sat down and I was like, oh, so can I sit here? They're like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, come to find out at the end of the night, maybe about an hour, hour and a half later, the two guys that were with them were uh, customers, patrons from their restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so like one of the girls had like sort of invited them there. And like both guys were trying super like, yeah, I saw. I knew it was over one guy, which he, he got hit with a high five. I was just like, "Good game, buddy. You tried." Oh uh, yeah, guy, high five is. Yeah, you could tell by the body language. The guy was just like super into the girl, and the, end, the girl was like entertaining it, but she was not like. Yeah. And I'm just like, why are you following someone from one restaurant to another restaurant? That's just kind of weird. Yeah. Also, if you need, if you're trying to free friends on somebody. If you have to do that, hit him with a fr- high five. Hit him with a high, or if you're texting them, Call him buddy. Buddy, that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> buddy, buddy is like, if I'm talking to a girl and I got a buddy, I'm just like, all right, well, mission failed. Uh, yeah, I think we've all been hit with that, buddy. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. You're just like, oh, oh well, all right, um, all right, we we're, we're friends. All right, all right. Message received. Yeah, yeah, but it's just. But yeah, no, but like, so certain things, certain things are just a part of life. Rejection is a part of life. You having a crush on someone and them not being any of you, it's just a part of life. Like if I have a son and my son deals with that, I'm like, look, it'll be all right, homie. Yeah, men just need to learn how to take rejection. Everybody needs to learn how to take rejection. You know, men it, need to learn how to deal with those. And emotions. rejection, you know, is not just romantic. It, it can happen when you're applying to colleges. It can mm-hmm. happen when you're job hunting. You know what I'm saying? You can't end... And another thing I will say that when you're super young, and this is something that I've done, like, repeatedly, and it screwed me over, is having, like, tunnel vision, where, like, you only can be, you can only have a crush on one girl at one time, when you don't know, and you have no idea if they're into you or not, 
Because you're just setting yourself you're up for You're putting your eggs in all You're putting your basket. eggs in one basket, and then it doesn't work out, and you're like, I've donated four months to courting you. What am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Just like, granted, if, if you are a person that can only be with one, or only, like, think about one person at a time, cool, but don't, like, put all your eggs in a basket. Put some of the eggs in there and just be like, you gotta be content single. Cause, yeah, because statistically, the chance of it not working out is higher. Right. It's just gonna be. Because, like I said, a lot of women, dude, they're gonna be used to hundreds of guys talking to them really a week. A woman on for this part of the podcast. Well, we might have a guest next time. Yeah. My, uh, person, the Lanisha, I was on her podcast last mm-hmm. time. I, mean, I don't know. I'm thinking, she wanted she wanted an anime theme podcast, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, hey, anime is ripe with a whole bunch of so. Yeah, yeah, no, well, I'm thinking of, I, I have an idea for it, we'll, we'll talk about it after, but. Does that mean I can spend, like, 30 minutes talking about My Hero Academia? Because I can do that. <laughs> I, I, I I have an idea, but we'll we'll get to it. But I, I will say this, too, I, with the whole incel community, I feel like it's super white. Like, I don't know if there are, like, a lot of black guys that identify as incels. I feel like we have, like, you know, hoteps? Yeah, oh, God. I feel like hoteps are, like... Are the incels of like the black community because they take they take some of that like because they're super i mean they're super misogynistic where there's like oh well you know the black man's role is to dominate and control the black woman and you know a black man has to be with a black woman and if that doesn't work out how are we going to achieve liberation and you know is there a whole type intervention line because i feel like one of my Dude, I, I see feel, it too. I, I see like it. I see. And like, I, we gotta pull you back from the edge. Yeah, cause like, yeah. Well, I, the whole type community is just it's something else. It is the definition of like pseudoscience and pseudo intellectualism. Well, they'll like take they'll like take a strand of truth and then like twist it and go on some crazy. We're gonna get a whole bunch of negative comments and negative likes from the whole type community on this podcast. Dude, I don't care. We're like, hey, we'll get the views though. I don't care. That's important. We'll get the views. I like them. Have you seen the meme? I think it's a Skeletor and it says the whole tepery. Yes. <laughs> Cause they'll just be like, they just it's they just the wildest. The wildest things, like, I was re- I was watching one person, and he was talking about how black women didn't menstruate until yeah, until we encountered white people, and like I'm just like, first thing that pops into my mind and I'm just sitting here like, where, where, I'm just sitting here like, how does that make any sense? Like, it's not like black people are like, a different like, species of being compared to white people, it's not like... It's not like Neanderthals and like Homo sapiens. It's like no, that, that that's not that's not how that works. Yeah, we're we're all Homo sapiens. And because, but I I definitely see like some whole type ideas of thinking like rising in some of my feeds, and I'm just like, what are y'all doing? Because like even like with some of like the immigrant stuff that are going right that's going on right now, there are some like black people who are like anti-immigrant. Yeah, because it, and they're just like. They're not for us, so why should we be for them? And it's just like... And, they, and they, hey, the immigrants are taking jobs away from us. And it's like, like... And it's sitting here like, you think that by, like, you know... You think that, oh, if we magically kick all the Mexicans out of the country, all of a sudden, black people are going to start getting higher wages, and they're going to fix our schools and fix our neighborhoods, and, you know... And honestly, for the whole immigration thing, it's like, the Im- immigrants aren't taking your jobs. The corporations are, because they're the ones giving them out. And they're only giving them out to the immigrants because they're going to be higher, cheaper, and they can pay them under the table because they're just going to give them cash and they don't have to get capitalism. And then they don't right. So it's capitalism that's your enemy. Capitalism. Not immigration, because even if you did get that job, capitalism. guess what? 
you're not making that much. Yeah, that's that's what my that's a lot of my Twitter feed has been like that lately, where I just like, yeah, but it's just, but yeah, I anyway, but yeah, I see that line of thinking, and then like they tie like. They like they're like all supposed to be like black liberation and whatnot, yeah. but they don't really care about black people. They care about straight black men and then the women that are cool with whatever they're doing. Right. You know, like their form of like black liberation does include like the LGBT, LGBT community. It doesn't include women if they go against anything they say. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't Honestly, include. It doesn't even include all straight black men. Yeah, and it's like, hey, if you're not down, if you're not hotepi enough, or you're whatever. Yeah, honestly, they'll they'll kick out Christians, they'll kick out Muslims. They're just like you're you know, in an interracial relationship. You gotta go, out. you know. And it's just like it's just <clears throat> it's just a mess. But I see some like Hotepi ideas, like um, Hotepi, just like showing up, and I'm just like, this is just this is just stupid. Just the I mean, the only good thing about Hoteps is that I feel like they don't really have any political power whatsoever. Yet. You know, yet, yeah. But yeah, no, and I'll but I'll just yeah, but I'll see people retweet. Like, I don't know if you've heard of like there's like a guy named like Tariq Nasheed. You've probably he gets retweeted a lot because he'll say the thing is he'll say things about like race that are like oh okay that's a pretty that's a you know I could agree with that statement but then he'll mix it together with a whole bunch of other like toxic like just like BS and once I realize like who he was I'm like oh, I can't retweet you, you know. The whole temporary. <laughs> All right, Chris, do you have anything else? Uh, no, that's... We're a little short. It. We're like an hour, hour, nine minutes right now. So it's not, not too bad. I mean, if we really want to dive into politics, that's not too bad. Not, save, not, that for, save that for another podcast. Not right now. We'll save that for the midterms podcast. Oh, my God. Let's, let's podcast live from a uh, midterm quote. Dude, quote. Blue Wave. <laughs> oh, we'll see about that. We'll, we'll see. I, yeah. And um, next, our next podcast, uh, we should have a guest on. Everything works out. The date is to be determined because I got a niece on the way sometime next. Yeah, Chris has got a niece on the way, so we're we're aiming for end of July, beginning of August time. But um, I'm also gone every weekend in August. (sighs) Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, as always, uh, thank you guys for listening. Yes, Um, we really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, until next time, I'm Chris. I'm Chris. Hit that like button. (laughs) Yeah, and this has been the Two Black, Two Nerdy Podcast. And we'll see you all later.